Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the Prophet since God revealed the anointing he has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory that he has assigned me that I pray will be done as God ministers. The purpose of this podcast is to share the word of God in a prophetic way under the anointing of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to what he would have me to speak to the listeners, you, his sons and daughters. You can help and support this podcast by telling your families, friends, co-workers, church members, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server through this title. I also ask for your prayers. You can reach me with questions and comments by email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at www.ameteagle.com. And remember, if for some reason the podcast doesn't come through to you through your text or email or however you're receiving it, you can always reach This is the Voice of the Prophet on any podcast server. Thank you and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. Hello, and thank you for listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I'm back from the conference where I spoke in North Carolina, and it was awesome. I also got the rest during the month of April that I greatly needed as well as desired. Let's get into this week's message, which which is entitled, Good Grief. We all remember the term that Lucy used when she got frustrated with Charlie Brown and she say, good grief, Charlie Brown. Well, is there such a thing as good grief? Well, believe it or not, in spite of how grief makes us feel, I believe that all grief is good if it's handled properly and if we allow it to happen. Ecclesiastes tells us in the third chapter that there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn or basically grieve. But the unfortunate thing about grief is that we don't always understand that we grieve over things other than death. And because we don't recognize this fact or our often unaware of it, we don't always realize that we are grieving. This past weekend, I was so blessed to be with Harvest Church in North Carolina after having been in practically total seclusion for over a year. It was so refreshing as well as nourishing to see the men and women of God receive all that God wanted them to receive. But they didn't only receive from me. I was able to be blessed and receive from them as well. I had two different people to approach me and give me words of knowledge. They were both words that I needed, embraced, and will continue to move on with. And then there was the time of healing that God gave me through Pastor Treba Tanker. 
We went to lunch at this little restaurant called Georgia Dean's. Georgia Dean's has the absolute best crab cakes and crab dips you could wrap your tongue around. And believe me, being a Louisiana girl, I know crab cakes. Well, while at lunch, we began to talk about various things. And of course, the matter of losing friends and church members that are so loved over the past year entered into the conversation. I shared with her how much I love, not past tense loved, but still love the people that I had once fellowshiped with. As I thought of them, I began to cry. And then, and only then, did I realize that I was actually grieving over these lost friends. Some of the people who are no longer in my life, I have loved more than some of my own family members. I had embraced them and stood by them as they had stood by me. And yet, when George Floyd was murdered, along with Breonna Taylor and others, issues, attitudes, true hearts were bared and words came up that I never thought existed within these people that I love so dearly. The loving, strong, sweet friendships ended and I grieved. I not only grieved over the friends that were lost, but also over the church that I once attended that where I knew things would never be the same for me again. There had been an irreparable rift that had caused a division, which for me could never be restored. I would no longer feel that peace and love that I had once felt. I would dare say that some of you may be grieving and experiencing the same or similar emotions. That same chapter of Ecclesiastes also says that there's a time to cry. I've been sharing through the years the things that God revealed to me many years ago as I was grieving over the death of my husband. I did a research paper on grief for one of my classes in Bible college. I learned that our tears of grief are different from our tears of joy. Our tears of grief actually contain a chemical compound that acts as a sedative on the body. This is why oftentimes after we've had a good cry, we will feel better. When we're grieving, it's not only all right to cry. In actuality, we should cry. And no one has the right to deny someone of their grief or time of crying. I realized as God was healing me last weekend that I, along with just about every black man, woman, boy, and girl, had been denied that right for the past 400 years. When George Floyd was murdered along with Breonna Taylor and all of the other black men and women who have been unjustly killed, it was felt by many that black people weren't supposed to feel and express the pain they felt. Grief is pain. It's a pain on a level that's deep as well as devastating. Many white people actually felt that it was wrong for blacks to grieve, cry, or express their pain. The results of denying grief to be expressed and adequately addressed, not just this past summer, but throughout history, culminated, and then the outcome was in the behavior, or I should say has been in the behavior and actions of the demonstrations and riots. The denial of grief results 
in not seeing and understanding the stages of grief, one of which is anger. That anger resulted in the riots. There is a time for peace and a time for war. I've come to recognize that when one is not aware of the grief they carry, they will be unexpected and painful consequences. It's all right to cry. The only time in the Bible that anyone who was grieving was told not to cry was when Jesus told the widow, don't cry. But then he raised her son from the dead. Even at the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus wept and he wept because there was grief. We can't be denied that. To ignore the hurt and pain of an individual or people is telling them that their grief isn't real or that it doesn't matter just because another person doesn't feel it. I remember after my husband had been gone about three or four years, I was in line at a bank. Apparently, the young lady in front of me and the bank teller knew one another. The teller asked the young lady how her mother was doing after the death of her husband. In the response that the young lady gave, I came to understand that the mother's husband was not the lady's father, but her stepfather. She responded to the teller, it's been six months and she's still not over it. At that moment, I had to butt in. I told her as calmly as I could, honey, you don't get over the death of a husband or someone you love in six months or even in two years. I tried to explain to her that her mother needed time. Although grief is a season, that season still needs to have its complete time, no matter how long it may take. Even when it's someone you don't know personally, you can still grieve as a human because of the connection, whatever it may be, to the person that died especially when it's been a tragic public death that in some way or another bridges you and your family to that event. The public unjustified deaths and wrongs of so many black people links every black individual to all of the lynchings and murders of black people throughout the history of this nation. When churches, pastors, leaders, and even dear friends of other races refuse to accept the grief being experienced by their Black members and friends, it's telling them that they don't have the right to feel or express that pain. There are five stages to grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Every person may not go through every stage, but they will feel some. The final stage, acceptance, is never first. These stages, if not all of them, must not only be experienced, they must also be dealt with appropriately by the person or people experiencing these emotions. One way to deal with them is by talking about them. The one thing that every individual needs when grieving is for someone to listen to them as they talk about what they're feeling. They don't always need answers or responses. 
They may not always want your advice. They just need someone to listen. But again, when grief is denied an individual, then the process is halted and the pain continues. That pain will culminate and then actions will begin to manifest in ways that can literally become cultural. Alcoholism, drugs, abuse, murder, suicide, high blood pressure, just to name a few, are some of the things that are seen in the Black culture that have developed and evolved through generations of Black people being denied their right and need to grieve. We don't just grieve over death. Individuals grieve over divorce, lost jobs and careers. One can grieve over a loss of health or a dream or the vision that they had for their lives or their children's lives. There are so many, many things that we will grieve over in life. We as Black people have grieved over being denied the right to live our lives on an equal basis with other races. We've grieved over being held down and held back from jobs that we are not only qualified for, but deserve. Homes, education, good health, decent neighborhoods. Again, just to name a few things that we have been denied and grieved over. We have grieved silently throughout the years, but our grief must be recognized and handled appropriately. And we must all understand that the most important way for this grief to end is for all of the disparities and inequalities to end. Another thing that I always say is that we must learn to recognize the difference between grief and depression. Grief is a season, but depression is a spirit. Grief, when allowed and handled properly, will eventually change and the season will end. However, when not handled appropriately or experienced, it allows for depression to enter in and that's where the darkness is. For a very, very long time, I truly believe that we, as a Black race, have not been able to grieve appropriately, which has resulted in depression for many of us. But then we're not allowed to talk about that either. And yet I still believe that they are to some that God is saying to you, don't cry because he's not finished yet. I truly believe that God is going to raise up, restore, and even rejuvenate those losses that many of us have been crying over. Lost relationships, financial loss, divorce, and even church fellowships that some once had are being resurrected and restored. I believe that friendships, connections, and alliances are being renewed in ways that will make them even stronger. But So for those that recognize that this is for, again, God is saying, don't cry. He is raising up what some have been grieving over. Had I not had the opportunity this past weekend to talk to someone, a white woman who listened and didn't refute what I was saying, 
I would not have recognized my own season of grief. She didn't have to agree. She didn't have to comment or minister to me in any way. She just listened. And because she listened, I'm able to move on. And what about moving on? What's the difference between those that God will restore and those that will just simply move on? To some, God is saying to us, as he said to Samuel concerning Saul, how long will you mourn over Saul? There comes a time that we must come to determination as to how long we will mourn over those whom we have lost and that are no longer a viable part of our lives. When the Lord spoke those words to Samuel, it was time for Samuel to move on to the next assignment. God had rejected Saul, and now Samuel was to go and anoint David. Basically, it was time for the next thing. It was time for the next anointing. In order for some of us to move on to the next thing that God has for us, we must recognize that it's time to let go of the grief, the sadness, hurt, and even the anger and move on. Again, as stated earlier, there are five basic phases to grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. In the season of grief that occurred in my life over my husband, after several years, I realized that if I wasn't able to move on, that I might need professional help. I didn't have a problem admitting that. However, before I could book an appointment for the upcoming year with a therapist or counselor, God delivered me. I was able to recognize that my mindset, emotions, and even my heart was better and changed. I was able to move on in my life. I was no longer holding on to someone or in the case of other situations, something that I could no longer have or change. My husband would never come back to me in this life. And as God spoke to me once, even if he could, he wouldn't, because now he's in the presence of God and no one would want to leave that place. I knew there would never be a change, so there it was, acceptance, the final stage of grief. Some of us must accept that the churches, pastors, church members, or people where we once were will not change for the simple reason they don't see a need for change. That's all right for them, but not for you, or in my case, not for me. Remember, that's for some, not all. And that also means that I have to see it as God spoke to Samuel concerning Saul. I will no longer mourn or grieve over those whom I was once so close to. I must move on. And for some of us, God is saying that the change will be in the move. It doesn't mean that I or we don't still love those that we're leaving, just as we will, we will always love those who preceded us in death. However, they're no longer a viable part of our lives. If I should see them, run into them somewhere, 
the love that I'll feel toward them will be real and I'll be genuinely glad to see them. I'll never stop praying for them and believing God for his perfect will for them. Should I hear of something unfortunate concerning them, I'll be truly sorry and be a help to them in any way possible if I can be. But the relationship as it was is no longer, but also the grief is no longer. We must move on to the next anointing. And we know that there will always be those who are still the friend, man, and woman of God who are always who we thought they were. These are the ones that from the very beginning, there was never a doubt as to where they stood because the discussion, that talk and exchange had already occurred before George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and it was genuine. These are the friends that you don't have to talk to every day in order to know where they stand. They understood the grief and even the anger over which had occurred. They listened, even when they may not have necessarily agreed, but accepted and even expected you to have your grief. They never cut you off or turned their backs on you because you had a different opinion to the one they had or because you voted for the other person. It's not that they allowed you your grief or opinion. That's not for someone else to do. No one allows you the privilege of what is your right to and already belongs to you. It's a matter that they respected you in your opinion, and that's what true friends do. Each individual handles their grief differently, but grief will come to all, and we must all deal appropriately with that season in our lives. Either we cry, grieve, and wait for God to resurrect and restore, or we cry, grieve, and move on to the next place where he's taking us. Good grief. Yes, as painful and unseemly as it is in our lives, it's still good. It's good because it enables us to become the people that God ordained and without grief for many, that would never happen. Grief is a necessary part of life, which enables us to move on and up to the next anointing that God has in store for us. Grieve, cry, and remember that it's only for a season. Then move accordingly, whether it's for God to restore or whether it's to stop grieving over what he will not restore. Either way, it's time now for each of us to accept our good grief and move on. I pray that this episode has been enlightening to each of you, and I pray that you will share it with others, encouraging your church members, families, friends, neighbors, and co-workers to listen to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet, on any podcast server. Until next Monday, remember that I am praying for each and every person who listens, asking our Father's blessings and favor upon you. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you so much for listening.